the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of UCW Radio. This is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Co. Paris. And I want to thank all of our listeners, as I do, uh, for your continued support. Because without our listeners, we wouldn't have a show. Because uh, it'd be pretty sad to just have one listener, don't you think? <laughs> Good thing we have distribution, my God. Um, but we're also increasing the distribution. We're increasing our syndication. Uh, so hang on for the ride. Uh, this this show is for you guys, so just enjoy it and uh, just just be a part of it. I need to uh, let our listeners know. Actually, not even well, our listeners and let let sponsors know that uh, we have opened the doors for sponsorship opportunities. And um, and you can find out more by going to our website, ucwmagazine.com. Or you can give us a jingle at 323-952-4369. Find out how you can align yourself with the UCW radio show as we continue to grow. And we are growing. And one, um, I guess one, uh, one part of the growth is what happened uh, yesterday. Uh, an announcement came out. And now I can speak about it. I couldn't speak about it for a little bit, but now I can speak about it. Uh, we are the official host for the Ultimate Body Radio Show, which is associated with the Ultimate Body TV reality show. And they're having their final auditions on October 17th. Now that's going to be a reality show. Just like you have The Biggest Loser and so on and so forth, even as you have The Rock of Love, a reality show. And this is another reality show. Uh, the difference here is that uh, in bodybuilding, and this is, a, of course, a bodybuilding reality show, first of its kind. I need to stress it, first of its kind. That's why I'm excited about being involved in the project with the radio portion of it, because this is the first time this has been done. So, yeah, I'm proud of that. Uh, and the, the great thing about it is that usually in bodybuilding, you're an amateur bodybuilder, you're competing, you're doing your thing, uh, you're, you're taking your supplements, you're, you have to go to the doctor, you have to do all this stuff, you have to pay for all of that, and you don't make any money doing it. And that's the difference here. You are, I think it's about 23 or 26 people staying in a house, so you have free room and board. You're paying. You're not paying for anything. You're getting your your supplements every day. You're getting your food every day. You have a personal trainer, a personal trainer. You have some of the top bodybuilders in the sport that are judging the show. Being Rich Gasparri, he's a legend. He's a legend in bodybuilding. You have Bob Cicciarello. He is the voice of the Mr. Olympia. And then you have. Uh, Marcia Prince, she is a fitness model champion. She's a spokesperson for uh, Gaspari uh, Nutritional Products. And then on top of that, you have the natural Mr. Universe, Doug Burns. And he knows a little bit about of getting, of going through adversity. And talking about adversity, now let's go all the way to the producers. All right, the, the show is produced uh, by Lions Entertainment. Now, David Lyons, he's one that dealt with adversity himself in his own life, having to battle MS and competing in his first bodybuilding competition not too long ago. And he did great. And he's also the producer of Hog Heaven, a hit biker show, and Creepers, which is an animated feature. 
and his uh and he has right by his side Lauren Alvarez. Okay, now some may not know her, but here you go, you'll know the shows. Meet my folks, the surreal life and the Osbournes. So now you know why I am attached and the UCW radio show is attached to this project. Uh, it's going to be a great hit and there's going to be a lot of longevity here. Anyone that ever wanted to uh, be a reality show star and wanted to be a bodybuilder at the same time and, and have doctors and uh, chiropractor and nutritionists, everything around you just to give you all the information. I mean, you're, you're getting all this. I mean, you, if you had to pay for this, it probably costs you, I don't know, a lot of money, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get all this advice and all this, uh, the, all, all the nutritional information and everything that you need to uh, keep yourself in peak condition and this is all happening for nothing and now if you win guess what the, the the grand prize is 50 grand not a bad deal not a bad deal and the trips involved the whole nine yards so there, there are a little there are a few other things in there that um, that will would be appealing to uh, anyone that's uh, looking to uh, get involved in that and again for people that are just looking to to get in the limelight and get themselves out there, hey, what better way than with a reality show that's going to keep you healthy? And wouldn't it be good? Oh, and, you, and I forgot to mention, you win the show. Guess what? You're going to be centerfold in Muscle Mag International. Now, you can't even pay to get that done. You can't pay. That's something you can show your grandkids that this is what, this is what I did. So this is an opportunity, unique one. October 17th uh, in Kissimmee, Florida. Actually, let me try. Let me give you the address. Uh, it's an open casting call, and you can go to to the official website, which is uh, theultimatebodytvshow.com. Check it out. Uh, but the actual open casting is Saturday, October 17th, from 11 in the morning till 6 in the in the evening, at the Ramada Orlando Celebration Resort and Convention Center. It's located at 635. West Erlo Bronson Highway, and that's in Kissimmee, Florida. Um, and again, the application is on the ultimatebodytvshow.com. Uh, hey, that's an opportunity. Seize it. You know, make it your own. Uh, now let's uh, move on. Uh, in just a little bit, you are going to. Uh, you're gonna. We're gonna have a special guest on the show, and I actually I'm happy to have him on because he has a movie that's coming out tomorrow. All right, they have a big red carpet event, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But he is the director of the film. Uh, before we bring him on the on the show, I need to also let our listeners know, uh, and this is a tie-in to the guest. Um, but if you're going to be in the uh, Atlanta area, actually the outskirts of Atlanta, but in the Atlanta area tomorrow, September 17th, and make it down to the Carmike Theater uh, for the red carpet event for Lynch Mob, the movie. Go to uh, www.lynchmobmovie.com and they have a whole listing of the theaters and they have the actual theater, I think it's in Conyers or something, uh, that they are going to have the red carpet event. You have to go if you're in the area because how often do you get a Hollywood event on the in, in the outskirts of Atlanta? How often? Not often. All right, so this should be a star-studded event, and the movie's great. Good people behind it, and you're not going to be disappointed. You will be disappointed if you don't if you don't make it. That's going to be your disappointed. That's going to be your disappointment. Let me correct myself. 
but you will be disappointed and there will be a disappointment so those are two things so there uh, now uh, I have to give you some information for those listeners that want to connect with the show and we, we encourage you to connect with the show call us leave us some comments questions whatever you want to do uh, do that but nothing bad please uh, you'll know who the guests are just by going to our website ucwmagazine.com check it out you'll see who's going to be on the show uh, the number is 323-952-4369 again that's 323-952-4369 give us a jingle and uh and let us know what you think oh if you have a comment hey you know just just leave it there you have a question for one of our guests just leave it on there and if it's interesting enough we'll make it a part of the show and get you involved and again, uh, oh, one thing, uh, I have to repeat this with the sponsors. Okay, we have open door to sponsorship partnerships. And as I said, this is the perfect time for a marketer or an advertiser or sponsor to get involved with the show because if you come to us in the next few months, uh, it's going to be a different situation, I promise you, because we have so many good things going on and uh, with, um, with, with the people that we're connecting with and the syndication we're going to get is uh, you're going to miss an opportunity. So go to ucwmagazine.com. And if you think I'm kidding you about missing an opportunity, I'm not. And you, you, you'll, you'll see uh, as we move forward. Anyway, moving on, uh, if you're on Twitter, then shoot me out some questions, comments, uh, and uh, let me know what you think. My Twitter name is Luis Velasquez. That's L-O-U-I-S-V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. -E -E so follow me and tweet away. Now, without further ado, uh, we have him waiting on the line. So we have to actually patch him in because he's, you know, we ran a little late uh, uh, today, and he's been on hold, and I don't know what he's doing. He's probably, uh, you know, uh, probably editing something or something. So we have to get him on the on the line before we lose him. Uh, but uh, he is the director of what I think will be the next cult classic to sweep the country. And I just spoke about the movie before. It's called Lynch Mob. Trust me on this. You want to check it out. Here is the director of Lynch Mob, Byron Irwin. Byron, uh, it's great to have you on the UCW radio show. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Uh, thanks for being with us uh, this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, no problem, no problem. We always uh, appreciate the time that our guests put aside for us. I know, uh, especially for you, with what's going on, uh, you have uh, a feature film that's coming out, and you have a red carpet event tomorrow. We were talking about it just before the show, uh, so uh, yeah, it's, it was good enough for you. Uh, it was good for you to squeeze us in. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, we had, as you know, we had Rachel Stamper uh, on the show last week, and we talked about Lynch Mob, uh, the movie that you guys, the feature film that you guys have coming out, uh, which is going to be in uh, Quad Mike uh, theaters uh, throughout uh, the country. Uh, tomorrow you guys have a big uh, red carpet event. Uh, now you're the director of Lynch Mob. And uh, I, I saw some clips of it. Seems to be great. You have uh, Tony uh, Darrow and a few other uh, uh, notables in there. Uh, and the whole story behind it I found interesting, which you, you're going to share. You're going to give me your version because I heard Rachel. I heard her, her and a meatloaf. We're going to talk about something else here. <laughs> talk about you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, have, I have a ton of questions in regards to the movie. Uh, but I really, what I really want to do is, is start at the beginning with you. And then we can talk about Lynch Mob in a minute. Uh, how did you get involved in the entertainment business? Well, I guess uh, 
when I was a kid, I uh, had this uh, passion for directing plays. Um, talking like 10, 11 years old. I don't know what was provoking me to do that, but I would get kids and my neighbors, put them all together in a backyard and put on a play. And uh, there was no real inspiration for that. It was just something that I felt I liked doing. Right, okay. <laughs> and then as the years went by, you know, I moved into 8mm, Super 8mm, 16mm, then eventually got to 35mm. Then the digital age broke out, and which made it a really affordable for anybody that was trying to put together a movie that didn't have very much money to be able to do something um, larger scale and not have the costs of negatives and interpositives and prints and so forth that you have to have with 35mm film. Well, case in point, that Blair Witch Project thing that they did. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the same kind of respect to what we're talking about here. You can actually, if you have the right kind of person who's doing your imaging for you, you're able to do something in digital mm -hmm. that can be printed on film and still put into theaters, and people don't know it was digital. So. Right. Well, you have different techniques uh, with editing, which you know a lot about. Yeah, I started editing, uh, like I was telling you, on film. Mm -hmm. So we had to use flatbeds and work prints and mag tracks, and then it was really laborsome and um, took a lot. It was a very long process. And, and, and you, had to, you had to physically cut the film. Yeah, so, uh, yeah physically, physically, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. Physically, you had to sit there and you, you, you essentially become the cutter. <laughs> yeah, you hang all your shots up all over the walls around you and everything's labeled and you can't really look at them unless you pull them down, line them up on the table and roll them back and forth. So yeah, it was it was a long, tedious process and you had to have a real good vision of what you were going to do prior to just putting the shots together like you can do today in digital. And uh, one of the ways that I did that was by storyboarding everything. Mm -hmm. Storyboarding gave me the ability to actually preconceive how the style of the film was going to be, how I was going to edit the movie, what the shots were going to entail, and how I could pull them off, and the cost, and everything that would go into every shot. Mm -hmm. made it very easy for me to organize and pull off something with very little money. So when we got to do this film, Lynch Mob, of course, as soon as they gave me the script, I started conceiving the, the scene breakdowns of how I was going to visualize this and storyboard it out every single shot. That way, I was able to break it down into our shooting schedule per day and say, I can get this much coverage per day, I can get these shots, and so forth, and made the process pretty smooth for us. But you know, the thing is, uh, with storyboarding, I mean, it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it, when you do that, it's all, you, all you're doing is organizing your, your, your day, what, what you're going to wind up doing, because they do it in advertising, uh, they do do it in, in film. I, I don't think everybody does that, um, but it, it does organize you when you are filming. Yeah, I, I always look at movies as pictures, you know, it's just, it's it's a bunch of pictures is what it is, and so mm -hmm. like a comic book or like anything that involves a lot of photographs, you're, it's, you're telling a story with a bunch of pictures, so as an artist, you can map out the design of the film before you actually get to these locations. Mm -hmm. Now, storyboarding is not for everybody, I think that some, some productions you can actually go onto a set, look at the set work with your actors, block your scene out, and discover great ways to cover that and mm -hmm. to tell the story. And that doesn't mean that you, you lost anything because you didn't storyboard it, mm -hmm. but by storyboarding it ahead of time, I think that that gives you a better understanding of your cost of your movie, and it's just a great place to start from, even if you don't end up using the exact shots that mm -hmm. you conceived. 
to just so, so people can really uh, get a, a good concept of this, I'm going to make a reference. If you look at uh, like the movie Iron Man, okay, or any Marvel movie that that, that has come out, if you look at the comic, uh, that comic is kind of like a storyboard for the movie. You know, and, yeah. and, and it kind of guides them throughout, which is interesting because they even show that in the beginning of the, of the movie. They, they they show the little uh, little uh, thing with the comic books, uh, and that I mean that's that's the equivalent kind of. You know, it just gives you uh, guidance and as you're going and filming. Um, so that, that that's interesting, but that's tedious work. I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't have the patience for that. You have to be a very patient person. <laughs> well, <laughs> patience, you know, patience and pain. That's the two things you have to have to make movies that's for yeah. sure they have a high tolerance for pain oh, <laughs> oh you must be married <laughs> <laughs> well you, you get used to it you're gonna suffer every day you're gonna have some sort of challenges thrown at you you uh -huh. can predict as many as possible but i can promise anybody trying to shoot a movie that every day you're gonna have something thrown at you that you've never experienced before and you couldn't predict and it's yeah, you just have to be ready to tolerate it and move on well, as I said, you know, you must be married to people, you know, are in that, are in that, in that situation. You get to, you, I mean, it's, everything's a, a process, and you, you go through, uh, you hit your bumps and your, 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 your walls and everything else as you're moving forward in, in the filmmaking process. It's not easy, but at the end of the day, it becomes satisfying when you get something good like Lynch Mob, uh, you got done. Um, I, I think that you know you guys have something really good on your hands, and I'm just going to make reference to this because you, you talked about the pain and the suffering. Uh, we had Phil Morris. I uh, don't know if you're familiar with him, but he uh, is in Smallville, and uh, he was on Seinfeld. He was a lawyer, great guy, great actor. Uh, basically, you know, he was talking about you know going through the process and all the um, I guess all, all the uh, the hard work that goes into it. But what goes into it is what you get out of it. Yes, I agree absolutely. The, the if you if you're not willing to put in any to work into anything, you know, it doesn't really have value to you at the end. And I understand that there could be things that you do just as an artist and say, "Oh, that was easy for me. That was great. That was great, wonderful." And but uh, the things that will become the most challenging stimulate you to come up with creative solutions to solve those challenges and using your creativity at least for me is very stimulating and it maybe it's exciting for me mm -hmm. and the best stuff that i've ever done is always on those moments where i'm forced to come up with some sort of way to solve a challenge and uh, so I, I i look forward to those things i don't think that that's a, a bad aspect of filmmaking at all no no well that that helps you learn you know, uh, and, and I always make reference to other people because as even I'm doing this show, the UCW radio show, I learn from other people and through their experiences because, uh, it, and it just happens by, by default. Uh, one thing that someone in radio told me, uh, and, and he, he told me, he said, you know, when he was in radio, he was all over the place and he was, he was a big wig and something happened. He hit a brick wall. And someone gave him, uh, someone bigger than him gave him advice. And they told him, you need to get back to your roots. You need to learn the process of radio. From the uh, engineer's point, learn everything. You do that, you'll have a career for the rest of your life in radio. Same thing with filmmaking. You, you started out editing. You understand that. So if you understand that, you understand the mechanics of how the film gets made. Which makes you into a better director. 
Yeah, I, I actually felt very fortunate about that, that all these years of making films, I've, especially when I was younger, I had to do all of the steps myself. Mm-hmm. The pre-production, the production, the post, everything, the score, every single aspect of it. So by now, I've, I've educated in all of those fields. Mm-hmm. I may not be a master at all those fields, but I'm educated in them to understand as I'm shooting what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. what I can use, and what wouldn't work in an edited sequence. Right. I've seen uh, work with other directors and seen many times them missing opportunities on the set. I'm watching them do something and say to myself, God, you know, if you had just kept rolling for a second there, you just moved over there and got a take of this, then when you edit it together, you would have this extra sequence or this, this little spark to the scene. Mm-hmm. And communicating that to that, that to someone was difficult. It's something that you can only kind of gain from the experience, understanding it, and from um, knowing all those steps. And so, yeah, in that respect, I felt pretty fortunate that at this stage in my life, you know, I can see things in that perspective, like in the big scale of things, I guess you'd say. Yeah, but that's what it is. When you're filming, you'll see something, let's say another director that may be, um, I don't know, a, a little higher up than you. I guarantee you, you put both of you guys on a set and he is directing, that he'll miss something, but you'll catch it because you're looking for that, because that, that's normal to you, which, is, which may be abnormal to him. Because he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. understand that end of the business, and and again, it's just different areas. It's like it's like when you're learning, and I'm sure you've done it because you did everything from soup to nuts: the lighting, uh, the angles, this, that. You know, you, you learn all about this, and it just helps you in everything that you're doing. You know, um, yeah. I've heard of actors that we had actors on the show that did everything from from editing to to directing. Doing they learned all this stuff before. They became an actor, but by learning all this, they understood all the the, the dynamics involved. So it, it allowed them to have greater shots when they were being filmed. You know, yeah, especially for an actor to understand that uh, that gives them uh, insight into what they're shooting to know what the director is going to need from them in coverage to get them shown well on the screen and so forth. Yeah, working with people like that has always been a benefit. You know, it helps out big time. Yeah, well, it makes your job as a director, it makes your job easier, too, because, you know, they know what to do. Actually, if you're, you're directing them and what to do, and they say, okay, they know, but they're, they're, doing, they're doing something a little extra to help you. It makes, it makes the shot better for you. Correct, yeah. yeah. That's always a good That's thing. The greatest gift in film is to surround yourself with really talented people. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, in, in this film, Lynch Mob, you, you have some talented people around you as well. You know, uh, I mean, again, me, me and Rachel, we had a nice talk about um, what, what, what transpired throughout the film. And it was interesting because, you know, when everything came about, I mean, I mean let, let me just, before we get into that and, and talk about her, because I'm I talk about it too much, uh, but l- let's start. How did you get involved in the project? Um, uh, I had worked with um, First Cinema on a film they shot, a short film they shot, um, called Just Asking For It, and okay. they brought me in to um, edit the movie for them, Okay. and that particular film was shot without slates and um, without storyboards. And a lot of the sequences were altered from the script. So it was really difficult 
as a puzzle to sit down with all this footage and piece it together into a movie. Mm -hmm. And when I was done, I actually got to meet the director at the screening, and he was really, you know, he was he hugged me. He was so happy. He said, mm -hmm. "Oh, you saved it." And I thought that was a really nice compliment because it wasn't about me trying to put my thumbprint into the film. It was just mm -hmm. trying to pull the best film I could out of the footage that they had had shot. And uh, so working with them and discussing film with them and them understanding my background and seeing some of my other films I worked on, um, that brought them to their decision, I guess, to bring me on as the director for Lynch Mom. Uh, and, and this is the um, this is the first feature film that you've directed? Well, the first one that's being released, that's correct. Okay, well, I mean, I, I think that your progression from the editing to learning everything uh, Beyond that, and then going into the uh, the seat as being the director, for any filmmaker, for any any producer that's, that's going to have a film, to have a director like that, like you, in front of them, how much easier does it make their job, or, or does it make the project? Because now, at the end of the day, it comes down to this: what is the finished product? Is it quality is it high quality is it going to get out there or is it going to make them money and that's what the producers are worried about you know and that, that, that's the bottom line am i wrong yes absolutely <laughs> now they, they <laughs> it's money that, 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 it is funny because it comes down to having a product that will actually sell that's what that's what it really boils down to with yeah. what kind of film are we shooting here i mean every shoot film that you every script that you get is is different they're all going to have a different style to them mm -hmm. a different to them and so forth and it's all so I took the script read what it what it said to me and molded the design of the film around that and said okay well this is a fun film mm -hmm. this is not a film about you know you know drama in the court you know it's not going to be a, a Michael Crichton type of story this mm -hmm. is a fun film for popcorn and having a good time so uh, we approached it in that respect and uh, um, I was really glad to hear the producers and the actors and everybody after they finally saw the film to say how great they thought it came out because uh, it, that was that was the reward you know for me it, it was a lot of work I did work as the director and the editor on the film so oh, I really felt like it, the ball was all in my court they were really kind of counting on me I when we go through the process of casting even and even when you go through the process of recruiting your crew it comes down to I'm judging these people I'm looking at the actor perform a, a sequence uh, for their audition and I'm judging them. Are they good enough? Are they the guy that fits this role and so forth? And, you know, mm -hmm. so I had to do that for everybody that I was working with. So now it finally turned the tables on me. <laughs> They're sitting down judging me finally, looking at the film and going, okay, did he do it? Did he pull it off? Mm -hmm. And so I was really proud to, uh, to get their compliments on the film. But you know the thing is, is that when you're, I mean, for you, and, it, and it's unique because not every director is editing a film, a feature film. Okay, they have people that do that. But you being the director, you know what you filmed. So when you're editing, even though you're probably more critical on yourself than another editor would be because it's not their work, they're just cutting it up. But for you, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, because I, cause I, I would think, cause they, I mean, look, you, you've done it, so you're looking, you just cut, you don't care what the director is, you're like, da, 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 da. you're going through your stuff and put it together, and, and that's it, that, that's what you do. Um, but for you, you're the director and the editor, so when you're editing, I, I, I would think that it may it may have made your job a little bit easier with the editing. 
Yes and no. Yes, because I, I knew what I shot. I knew what I was going to put together. Mm-hmm. Um, no, because I sweat every frame. I sit there <laughs> and struggled over every shot because I uh, everybody's relying on me for this mm-hmm. one, you know. And I knew there was so many people counting on me for their for their future, for their careers, and everything. You yeah. know, so I'm sitting here going through the sequence, going, "Okay, that takes great, but uh, but at the very last frame here, I should pull it one frame to the left." You know, I, I, it was a it was really a struggle going through this movie i mean you'll if you when you see the film you'll see there's sequences that are edited for dialogue they're pretty standard they're just what you see on any movie there's sequences that are done where you have people talking in wide shots and close-up shots they're giving dialogue they're giving action and it's pretty generic pretty normal mm-hmm. but then there's also sequences in this film that are edited music video style is what i call it where i'm using reverse photography fast forward photography uh, black and white freeze frames all this effects Mm-hmm. run through these sequences and they were very they were done with a lot of creativity i was trying to be a little bit uh, artsy there and mm-hmm. those were the sequences that i was the most scared of people seeing because some people may look at it and go what are you doing what is this doesn't make any sense right. <laughs> but uh, it, it all turned out to work and uh, i couldn't have been prouder well you, look you you were able to use your I mean, you you were able to really dig deep into your creative senses to do something and make a movie the way you think it should it should be made, and you know credit to the Stampers because they allowed you to do it. Yes, it was uh, um, the producers, uh, uh, Scott Stamper, Rachel Stamper, and the producer John J. Cornetta. Both of them, I mean, all of them pulled uh, me into this film together, and uh, you know I thank them big time for that. Yeah, they, they brought you in, and they did they did a, a great job doing that because uh, I saw some of the clips on, on the movie. And uh, I liked it. I liked it. And and tomorrow you have uh, actually I want to hear some funny stories because Rachel was telling me some stuff. You know, did did she really burn down her kitchen? That's that's what I okay. <laughs> well, we were having we were shooting this movie. Mm-hmm. Everything's going along. Every day we have these wonderful catered meals. Great energy food, motivating us all. And one day it stopped. <laughs> and we weren't getting these home-cooked meals anymore. And so we all wanted to know what had happened. And sure enough, oh, while we, the meals were being prepared one day, the kitchen burned down. Now, I don't know the whole details into how and why or what happened in that kitchen, but I do have the video. <laughs> so <laughs> I, can prove, I can prove that it actually happened. So we, they asked me to edit together of the behind-the-scenes videos. And I certainly, of course, I included the video that I received from them about going through their kitchen and looking at the burned up stove and the cabinets and everything yeah so, oh my god <laughs> it wasn't until after the movie was done that we all found out it was the truth that sure enough that's, that's, yeah the kitchen burned down that's hilarious i mean she this is her story you know and this is i just quoting her story she said she was trying to make homemade meatloaf that she made so fantastically she was looking to make it for the crew all right now was it that good? Was it that bad? I don't know. The kitchen burned down, so maybe she was covering something up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so the, the the bottom line is, if ever you know I go down to uh, to Atlanta and I'm invited over to Stamper's house, uh, please don't serve me the meatloaf because uh, I'm, I'm I'm a little on the fence with that. <laughs> right on what's on the menu, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Take me out now, but uh, but that that's funny. But yeah, you, but you guys doing a film like this. 
And again, I'm going to go back to talking uh, with Phil Morris because uh, he just worked on on a film with Michael J. White, and we were going over it. And it was like a comedy thing. I think uh, was it the uh, Black Dynamite, and everybody did it just like in your film, like Tony Darrow and and and, and everybody else that that are are SAG. They did they did the film for SAG minimum, okay? And, and that's what they did. They did the they did the their film for SAG minimum. And something interesting happened with them, which I'm going to tell you in a second. But I think that it, it's it's interesting when you get talent that's willing to work for like almost nothing just because they believe in your product and your project. I think that that's a good feeling for for you as a director and for them as as the screenwriters. Yeah, that credit all goes to Scott Stamper for the story that he wrote because. In it would have been really difficult to ruin the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, the story was, was clever, funny, witty, um, all the good stuff that I like about um, a, a kind of a, a horror movie. Mm -hmm. You can make horror movies that are terrifying and they have lots of jolts and jumps in them, but um, uh, I'm not buying it anymore. I've seen so many horror movies that they're going to have to come up with some sort of new formula to scare me. So to go the route of humor and, and amusement with the horror is, is far more interesting and, and exciting for the audience for me. And you know, the script was so well written that um, I think that was the reason why these guys came on board. After they read it, they saw that it was a great project and they would wanted to be part of it. Yeah, but I think, you know, as I, as I said, that with uh, Tony Darrow, you know, he could have commanded something bigger. But just, just going to, to Phil Morris and what he told me when they did uh, Black Dynamite, they did it for almost nothing. And this is the interesting thing. They finished the film. It's a comedy film, right? And I think this is where things are going to go with you guys, too. It's just interesting. But what, what transpired with them, that the film was shown at film festivals, so on and so forth. Sony picked it up. It costs nothing, nothing to make, and the, the movie is going to make a ton of money because of the distribution. And that's just be, that's a whole bunch of good actors believing in a project, like in your situation, a bunch of good people believing in the project. Um, and I think you guys have a have a hit on your hands with this. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Know, you. Yeah, you're welcome. But you know, this is what you guys are doing. You get this, you work hard for this. You know, I mean, I, can, I I'm picturing you editing this. Okay, because everything's digital, so you're on the computer, you're, you're, you're editing everything. Right at the back of your mind, you're thinking, holy crap, the stampers just triple mortgage the house. I, I can't mess this up. Okay, and then it becomes, you know, everything, I can, I can feel like all the pressure being on you at that time. And that must, that must have been a little difficult, but I, I, maybe because of what you did as being a cutter for all those films and TV projects, that you're used to having that pressure on you. Yeah, that's. I just crossed my fingers on that. that all the experiences that I've been through and the challenges that I've faced in the other short films and features that I've worked on, that it's all going to come and apply that knowledge now and that it's going to work. I can only trust my gut. That's all I could do. I sit down. I cut those scenes together that it should be like this. It should, it should put more of this in it. I, I've got to try to do more more of this and put some power right here. And that's what my gut's for me to do. And that's, uh, that's all I have. You know, if, if it doesn't work, that's, hey, that's, that's me. Right. That's but, the best I could do. Yeah, but you honed your skills and you're very good at what you do. That's why, you know, the if people just go to, to YouTube or something and put up Lynch Mob Movie, they can see the trailer. 
okay which uh, you know you look at the trailer you see the, the quality of the film and just from the trailer you can see that and it's just the way it was done which which, which uh, gives you an indication of uh, it gives you a good idea of what the movie uh, what, what you can expect when you go see the movie now you have um, you have the red carpet event tomorrow why don't we uh, why don't you tell me about that okay yeah they, we've got um, the movies premiering tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a little, I'm a little nervous about it actually because uh, you know there's a lot of press is going to be there. Uh -huh. uh, this is the moment where everybody's going to judge the film. Yes, and uh, so that does put a little pressure on you. Uh, but I think it's going to be a fun event. I'm looking forward to it. We'll get to see all the actors and the crew members, and uh, we have some stars coming down too. Uh, I don't have the exact list of who all everybody is, but uh, I know Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat's going to be over there. I know that. Wonderful. And I don't know who else. I mean, Rachel was telling me a few, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the moment. This is what you guys have worked so hard for, and you're gonna have uh, you know people going to see the film. You're gonna have fans going to see the film. And uh, one thing I'll let our listeners know, and maybe you know, because usually when I talk about it, I don't know what theater it's going to premiere at. I know it's on the outskirts of Atlanta, so maybe you can give us that information so our listeners that may want to go see it that live down there that they can wind up going. I know it's a Carmike Theater. Yeah, you can. anybody can go to www.lynchmobmovie.com and click on the link for theaters, and they're all listed right there in each city and each state, and they'll be able to see which one they can go to that's closest to where they live. And what about the one that the red carpet premiere is going to be at? That's going to be at the Carmike Cinema in Conyers, Georgia. Okay, that's the one, because anyone that lives in that area, hey, you can go down, and I said this earlier on, I, I said, I've been saying this all week, that this is a unique opportunity to go meet and greet with you, with Scott, Rachel, all the actors, all the people working behind the scenes and everything, because uh, I know that in a year's time, that they, they're not going to be able to go up to you and and go shake your hand and go take pictures and stuff because you're going to be working on different projects and you you and your, your next premiere may not be in in Georgia it may be yeah, somewhere yeah. else you know what i mean man's chinese theater in hollywood of course <laughs> yeah exactly so that that's why this is a unique opportunity for anyone that's over there uh movie lovers that um, want to go see the movie and take the opportunity to go meet these great people because next time around yeah you're gonna have a bigger venue in a different state that's where your movies are gonna premiere it's not gonna be there you know uh, and that's why they're lucky because it is there so take advantage of it and uh, I know uh, the film's gonna be in, in several uh, theaters throughout the country uh, Carmike Cinemas uh, lined up with you guys which is fortunate and I think everything just lining up for this uh, for Lynch Mob the movie to uh, to be a big hit. It can be a cult a cult classic. You may have a following and have uh, all that other stuff going on. You may have uh, groupies, Byron. <laughs> just as long as they're not offended by when my bodyguard knocks him on the ground. That's um, I have as many groupies as I like. <laughs> right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> now, now now let me ask you. So this this uh, the red carpet is happening tomorrow, and actually the the actual uh, release is on Friday, the 18th, but you have the, the pre-release or whatever it is, the red carpet event is on Thursday, um, and that's great. Now, after at the end of this week, that closes out that chapter. Now, let's go on to the other chapter, because, um, you know, and I'll give the website again, lynchmobmovie.com, 
Uh, I, I advise anyone that's into uh, cult movies, those type of movies, horror movies, and want something a little different and more appealing, this this is the movie you need to uh, go uh, check out. Now, what else are you working on? That what else do you have uh, in in the pipeline for you uh, after this uh, movie uh, gets released tomorrow? Uh, well, I'm not at liberty to discuss the themes of the projects that we're working on here because many of the scripts are in development right now that we're going to be shooting immediately when the, after this movie comes out. Okay, so you're going to be working on them immediately. There's no break for you. There's no, well, let me go in a lounge chair and get some sun. There's none of that for you. Oh, I'm not interested in vacations. I love work. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> well, you love what you do. You love what you do, which which makes it easier. I mean, you don't mind working hard for it. But, um, again, it is hard work, but the satisfaction at the end of the day when you're done. Yeah, 14-hour days, you come home, you lay down on the bed, and you pass out, and you sleep for six hours, and you jump out of bed. You sleep that, for six that's hours? That's a long time. Well, <laughs> I get six hours. I get six hours in. And, uh, yeah, and just jumping out of bed in the morning, you know, that you know you're doing what your life calling is when that's when that's the way your life is going. You know, you, you can't wait to get out of bed and see the day. That's, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. How, how often do people, they, they, they're sleeping, they don't want to get up, I'm too tired, I'm too tired. You know what, if you have something to look forward to in the morning, you're going to get up. You're going to pop out of bed, as you said, pop out, and you're going to go do it because you're going to seize the day. Because uh, you have to, there's a, there's a saying that you have to live like, you know, um, like you're going to, like you, this is your last day on earth but also plan like you're going to be around forever. So Correct. Yeah. It has to do with enjoying your life because you have one life to live and you can't go and do stuff like you. You, you know, you're, you're beyond the editing arena. You went into directing. Now it's, you have another chapter in your life that's going on within your career. And I think that stuff's interesting because I know that in a few years you're going to be attached to some major projects. And I'm going to say, yeah, we had Byron on the show, but he doesn't take my calls, and neither does Rachel. Nobody. Nobody wants to talk to Lou. Nobody. <laughs> well, I think that since I've been doing this since I was a child, I've always had some specific movies that were I'm really passionate about that I want to make, stories that I want to tell. Mm -hmm. And uh, to have the opportunity to get the backing and the funding to pull these movies off, is that's my lifelong dream. There's about three three scripts that I've written that uh, that are these personal movies, mm -hmm. um, all in different genres, mm -hmm. that, uh, that I'm looking really forward to getting the screen. Okay, well, do you have a, a website uh, that you have of your own or MySpace or something where people uh, can reach out to you? Because, you know, we have, uh, you know, we do this show. We have all different types of people in the, the world of entertainment that listen to the show, so you never know who's listening. Um, how can, even fans, if they want to, you know, reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah, if anybody wants to look me up, uh, um, my name, Byron Irwin, that's E-R-W-I-N, is, uh, you can put that in Google in all the avenues. I have a website, byronirwin.com, Facebook, MySpace, all that, and all my contact information is on there, so, you know, oh, stalkers. Yeah. Are, oh, you have, uh, you, you have a Facebook? <laughs> sure, certainly. Oh, well, you're not my friend on Facebook. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm typing it in right now as we speak. There, there you go. There you go. All right. So yeah. So uh, you, you know, you uh, listeners, you can go reach out for uh, Byron Irwin. Uh, check him out. 
go to MySpace, a friend on my Facebook, you know, connect with them because this is a, this is one person that I know the same as I know with 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 Rachel and Scott that they're they're going on to greater things in their careers. Um, I I think a, a project like this forces you to dig deep and and you to come out with with the product that you came out with. Now you dug deep, you went as far as you can go. Now people see what you're about. Now you start going to uh, greater heights, and and you've seen it in your in your career in Hollywood. How how many directors have started out? They were new, and all of a sudden, they're 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 pretty uh, big to do's. Well, there's two directors that I've always admired that started outside the system independently, shot um, low budget horror movies with their first films it took them years to finish these horror movies and both of them ended up being high successes and that's Peter Jackson and Sam Raimi mm -hmm. both of them followed the um, almost identical paths of shooting in, in 16 millimeter these low budget horror movies and getting missed from them and I uh, certainly hope that uh, one of the things I, I I can do is follow in their footsteps well I think you're on your way and I think uh, the, the Lynch Mob uh, movie project uh, was definitely um I guess definitely the right thing for everybody involved, because even down to the actors. And I'm going to say this, you know, uh, I'm going to touch on Tony Darrow because he's the guy that came in along with um, uh, Paul, uh, what Paul Borghese, Borghese. right? Yeah, Paul yeah. Borghese. You know, both these guys came in. They did the uh, the film for SAG Minimum. You know, but I think that they do know, you know, being an actor, that you have to attach yourself. You have to have in integrity. And, and what you do in yourself and and you have to believe that the film that you're going to be making is the right thing for you and I'm sure with with their with their background in, in the industry I'm sure they would not have signed on if they thought otherwise well, so, so that, yeah I agree too absolutely yeah, yeah but that that just that just shows you what you guys have in your hands um, what I want to do so I know you have other projects uh, lined up. What I want to do, Byron, is, is bring you on the show again uh, and, and talk about your other projects when you can speak about them as things are in development. You know, that, that may be a few months down the road, but that's fine. Uh, we want to have you back on the show to, to, to go over stuff and, uh, you know, let's follow your career because I just have the strange feeling that you, you're going to be in, in a, a different plateau sooner than later so well, I, I thank you for saying that it's greatly appreciated oh, well, it just, I, I speak the truth when, when, it, when you know I, I'm just speaking my feelings and and what I, what I what I think is gonna happen um, if I didn't think so trust me I wouldn't say it I, w I would say go make some meatloaf or something and hang out <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> oh no no yeah burn the kitchen down yeah <laughs> oh my god but 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 Byron, is there anything else that you want to go over? You want to tell our listeners uh, about you, or anything that you have going on that you, that you want to share with them before we uh, no, sign I, off? No, I guess I just would like to say uh, I'll appreciate all the audience's um, participation, going to see the film, and uh, everybody should definitely check it out. It is going to be a big cult classic. I honestly do believe that it's got all the elements that make for a fun movie and a good time. It's a uh, lynch mob, and. Uh, so that's about it.
Okay, and then they, they again, lynchmobmovie.com is the website. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I urge everyone to go check it out, especially, you know, tomorrow's a big day for them. Uh, if you're in the area, go down and, and, and support them. Uh, because uh, if you don't, what's going to wind up happening if you're there? I mean, how often do you have a movie like this or, or people like this around uh, in, a, in a local theater doing a red carpet premiere? It's not often. No, not very often here in Atlanta. That's for sure. That, that's what I'm saying. So you know, take advantage of it and be part of the uh, the glitz and the glamour. Uh, take the opportunity because you're you're be a part of Hollywood without having to go to L.A. Yeah. And then, that's what it comes down to. Uh, Byron, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I mean, it, it was very interesting uh, going over your career and how everything started. And and basically, the message here is that it's good. With you know, with anything you do, to 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 know the ins and out of the business that you're in, because if you do that, you're, you're destined for success. If you don't, if you only know one segment, it's it's a little difficult to control your destiny. I agree, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so that that's the message there. All right, Byron, thank you so much. I wish you so much luck tomorrow. Cross my fingers, uh, but not that I need to, because I know it's going to be a blockbuster hit, uh, and you guys are going to do very well with it. And I'm I'm, I'm happy uh, that everything worked out the way you guys wanted to, wanted it to work out. Because speaking of Rachel, speaking to you, all the the pieces of the puzzle came together there as far as the chronology of what transpired and the funny stories. And I, I can't wait to see the uh, behind the scenes footage because I know that has to be funny. <laughs> It is, that's for sure. All right, excellent. All right, everybody can see that on the DVD when the DVD comes out. There you go, and everybody can purchase that when it comes out because this will be in the theaters uh, throughout the country, Carmike Theaters. Then uh, that's a big thing for an indie, indie film to pop up on more than one theater in one in one shot. So this is this is a decent uh, deal. You guys are gonna have a good run. All right, Byron, thank you again, and we will uh, we look forward to having you back on the show. Thanks for having me, and I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thank you. Bye. What is your major malfunction? All let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.